Welcome to the Strong, Fit and Free podcast. I'm your host, Alessia Donato, certified strength and nutrition coach, personal trainer and opinionated Italian free spirit. After a lifelong battle with IBS, I successfully regained my health and built a strong and fit body from the inside out through relentless studying and research in holistic nutrition, as well as testing and applying health and fitness principles on myself. In 2016, I left a successful 10-year corporate career in the beauty industry that left me burnt out, sick and unfulfilled and took the leap into the unknown. I traveled for a year on a backpacking trip that changed the course of my life and pushed me to eventually follow my passion to becoming a health and fitness coach and set up my online coaching practice, Alessia D Coaching. I help fit conscious women get to the core of their health struggles, set attainable goals, develop a personalized plan and hold them accountable for transforming their lives. The destination is the same, but each person's journey is different. On the Strong, Fit and Free podcast, we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong and fit body from the inside out, talking all things health and fitness, mindset, no-nonsense nutrition, how to live life on your own terms, and a sprinkle of girl talk here and there. Join us on the journey to becoming strong, fit, and free. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong, Fit, and Free podcast. I'm your host, Alessia, and I'm so excited to get a guest for the first time on my podcast, and I'm so excited about today's topic, and um, I think what we're going to talk about today is going to help a lot of people and be of great value um, in the fitness space, but also in the health and wellness space. So I just wanted to welcome the beautiful Sarah and um, she's going to be the guest for today and um, she's an anxiety fitness coach and a personal trainer and I am so incredibly thrilled to have her on the podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh my God. What a great intro. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here with us. So um, Sarah, I'm so excited to have you on board. Um, I just wanted to kind of um, ask you kind of, you know, you take the reins, like share with us, you know, wh where you're coming from, where you live, a little bit about yourself and how you got into the fitness space and the anxiety fitness space. And yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, my name is Sarah. I'm originally from Massachusetts, USA. I think this is an international podcast, so that's really fun. Um, I'm very much a Boston girl, and I've kind of came into this. Uh, I'm a person that didn't really know what they wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to help people, and I love being active. So I kind of got into fitness from there. So I've uh, been a personal trainer the last five-ish years, and I love working with people. Like I, Mainly what I love working with people is talking with people and really helping people from the inside out, because I think, and I'm sure you agree, that kind of helping someone with their mind is what's going to help their body the most in the long run. It, you know, it's not just like a three-month diet, a three-month exercise regime. Like, it's your life. It's your lifestyle and I've kind of always operated from that realm 
So I came into fitness, love helping people. I figured out that I love helping people's mind. I actually figured this out for my client. She told me one day, she'd been working with me for a while and she's like, Sarah, like you really helped my mind. Like my body hasn't had as much change, but my mind has had so much change. She had a lot of injuries and different things, but that kind of shocked me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm a personal trainer. Isn't my, isn't my goal, her body uh, to help. Um, but she made me really realize that it is about the mind. And so that was happening. And another thing that happened was I worked at a box gym in Boston, not the greatest company, but I met some really great people there. And I gotten close with different people. I'm a very like, I want to talk about real stuff person. I actually get annoyed when I like to joke around and laugh, but I'm, you know, some guys like they don't talk about the real stuff. And I always, I always make fun of guys. I'm like, nope, we need to talk about real things. So I gotten to know a bunch of my coworkers and it was really interesting because every single one of them had come into fitness because of their mental health. Like someone was telling me they, you know, had anxiety. Someone was like, you know, like I was suicidal and fitness saved my life. Like all these stories from my coworkers. And it was so interesting because I didn't, I, at that point, you know, these are like strong people. Society looks like, like thinks that they have it all together and they were struggling and that's why they're trainers. And I felt like it should be talked about more. And I also, I guess going off that, I also have anxiety anxiety since college so I've probably had it for six years or more you know it kind of develops in your childhood but that's when I really had symptoms where I couldn't like um, function well or well enough and um, it's definitely fitness has definitely helped and I really think it can help a ton of people and I actually I mean, this is just a hypothesis, but that most people are in fitness because of their mental health. And it's ironically not talked about, yeah. right? So it's just like, I'm trying to put it out there, but you know, it is hard. I, I have anxiety, so it's hard to talk about my anxiety. Um, and I'm new to the online space. I'm not new to training in person. And that's what I love. I'm newer to the online space and putting out my you know, my personal life. <laughs> and it's easy to put out fitness stuff, you know, like eat this, do this exercise differently. That's easy. But being like, hey, I struggle with my mental health. It's definitely challenging. But there's so many people that need to hear this. And like, I have lots of friends and we talk about anxiety openly. And we talk about how fitness and mental health should be, you know, like, uh, people can't see me, but they should be together. They should be as one. So that's actually something I'm working on too, is getting, I'm looking to getting my master's in either social work or mental health counseling so that those can really be something that go together. Um, wow. That, yeah. you know, I think I, I relate quite a bit to what you were saying in terms of like a lot of people starting their fitness journey because of their mental health, because I did as well. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it was, you know, weight loss and like aesthetic, aesthetics based, but there were so much of things going on in my head at the time. And I, I, I haven't really been like officially diagnosed with anxiety, but I do have anxiety episodes and I do kind of sometimes work myself up in, in, in certain ways and um, feel very much like 
overthrown by my thoughts. And I think the biggest thing as a trainer is that we're so like, we're almost expected to have it all together and always have it all together. Um, yeah. a trainer or a nutritionist or a coach. Um, and so now when you put yourself on, you know, this, this, this platform, whether it's, you know, podcast or social media, um, it's everyone, everyone just sees like this highlight reel and like, it is really difficult to open up and it is really difficult to share, um, the human side to who you are and um and really fitness has played such a big role in helping me manage i do suffer with depression a lot of the times it's situational depression um mm -hmm. but anxiety can like sprinkle in there as well so i totally relate and um fitness has been a huge huge like game changer for me when it comes to managing it um and i think yeah. you're so right there's not a lot of i mean i haven't seen a lot of fitness coaches that focus on anxiety and so that's mm -hmm. why i was so attracted to have you come on here and talk about it so i'm so happy um so i actually have a few questions for you that i i think um would you know be um, very commonly asked in in the wellness and health and fitness space but also because I'm interested and I want to know um, how to manage anxiety and so how how do you feel and, and how maybe you can share as well how you work with clients but can exercise help anxiety and and how how does it do it yeah so I get this question a lot and it's really interesting it's interesting that you brought up depression i love that you're being so vulnerable and open too and we just met today so that's great um but depression there's a lot of so talking about research i'm obviously i i don't have an advanced degree in the research of you know anxiety and stuff like that but from the research that's out there there's lots and lots of research about depression and how exercise helps depression in like a bodily way um, but because anxiety is so broad uh, like there's different types of anxiety right there's social anxiety there's OCD which is I also have a form of OCD generalized anxiety disorder that's the most common version of it there's not as many studies that talk about anxiety as depression and if there are studies about anxiety they're all different types so just putting that disclaimer out there, I'm gonna talk from more like, you know, I've done some research into it, but also just working with clients and working with myself, because I consider myself a client too. <laughs> um, but like exactly what you're saying, it totally, it does help in certain ways. And um, because of that, there's um, different ways that it can help. Like one of the main ways it helps is through mood enhancement. So some of the research is talking about like dopamine and serotonin increasing in your brain. And this can be shown when you feel better, like you do a run or you do your weights and you actually feel better. I'm sure, have you experienced that too? Yeah, that runner's high or it's usually the cardio yeah. high isn't it but definitely like in, in general you do feel that difference you know when it's um when you you, you don't want to work out and then you have no motivation and you have no energy and then you push yourself and then your mood changes like 180 like completely shifts from you know being down here to like really like almost on cloud nine sometimes. Um, so yeah. I'm curious actually on um, what kind of, a, I mean, 
what kind of like anxiety do you come across the most when it comes to, you know, working with clients and, and what kind of um, things do you do to help your clients like move through like this anxiety that they have um, and, you know, take up exercise? Right. Definitely. So uh, I have this belief and maybe you do or you don't, that everyone has a bit of anxiety. And I think this quarantine and this pandemic has definitely shown that everyone is struggling on some ways. And, and I'm a very like open, honest person. So I've had a lot of clients tell me either that they're diagnosed or they're stressing about specific things. So it's kind of hard to say what type of anxiety. And again, there's many different types. And actually some people, like they choose not to share, you know, they just like you, like they're people that haven't been diagnosed or they are not comfortable sharing, but it's kind of like this known thing in the background. Cause when you're dealing with um, like body image, I also think there's this kind of anxiety about how we feel about ourselves. Like we feel oh less God. than. So true, yeah. So true. <laughs> just, so it's almost Life like truth. everyone has like a bit of some type of anxiety or anxious thoughts. So would you actually separate like the anxiety and anxious thoughts or would you kind of put them together? Well, I, I believe in showing up for whatever my client needs. So it's holding space. Like some people, they come in and they're, they're, say they're complaining, like they're, you know, they're like, oh, this is really hard. This is, uh, I have a lot of people that are like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for complaining. You know, like, I wish I, and it's a safe space. Like you can feel how you want to feel. You don't have to come in and, and like working out and be happy. Like people are just able to be who they are. And I, and I believe, you know, fitness is a great space for that. Just be yourself. And, you know, if you're pissed off, you can be pissed off and you can tell, Man, I just had a Boston accent for a second. <laughs> I've never um, anyone from Boston, actually. It's, it's really cool. Um, well, it's it's funny because most people aren't from Boston, and I'm not from Boston. I'm oh, from outside of the city, ah, but you say yeah. you're from Boston. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, yeah. yeah well, I was going to say that... Um, I, I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of people feel when they first come into like fitness and they first start exercising or just starting their fitness journey, they feel like they have to show up in a certain way for their trainer. I don't know if this is something that you feel. Yeah. Like, I get a lot of, the, you know, the clients that, um, they, that they're, they're afraid of being just being, they're afraid of being who mm -hmm. they are. They're afraid of, um, not enjoying something and they have, they feel like they have to enjoy a certain type of exercise. And so, um, that's amazing that, you know, you're talking about this holding space and just allowing people to just show up and, and be who they are. And if they hate it, they hate it. And, and if they're not comfortable, they're not comfortable. It's okay to feel like yeah. that. Um, and I think that that could actually take away a lot of that pre pre-workout anxiety that they possibly might have. Um, yeah because they can be themselves, right? That's, that's well, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm just sharing. So I've worked with probably, I think three different coaches. And I, I mean, I love, I think every coach should work with coaches, just learning different things and holding. Yeah, it, I definitely agree too. But I was very anxious, you know, when I was training with some of my trainers and I didn't feel like I had the space or, you know, there wasn't like a, an obvious 
let me tell you about my anxiety. It came to that point because it was affecting my training. Like I wasn't sleeping very well. That's one of my main symptoms. And uh, so I, you know, I eventually like told my trainers and like, hey, I have anxiety and this is affecting me. Um, so my model is more like we both know that I'm the anxiety training coach so that you can come to me with anxiety and I won't judge you. But when we're talking about like someone with diagnosed or undiagnosed anxiety, the training is the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I, I think yeah. it does. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, I feel like there, it's just one of these things that can be co quite complicated. Obviously, like you said, there's just so many types and different types of anxiety and different things that can affect, you know, someone. But I think the mental that mental game that we can play. And um, overall, I think that um, we need to, as coaches, we need to be able to uh, just allow people to make, make sense of their feelings. And if they come to us and, you know, even if you're, you know, a listener and you're right now and you're, you, you hire a coach or you hire a personal trainer and they're not able to listen to you and they're not able to understand that, you know, anxiety will, your anxiety will affect you in different ways outside of this training session. And, um, you know, maybe you won't have that energy on that day, or maybe you're not going to be in the right headspace. Um, it's not always just like black and white or like this, you've got to follow this program on this day. And it's like, we've got to kind of work with the people. And, and that's what I, I, that's how I like to work with people anyway. And I think that's yeah. what you're doing as well. Um, so I'm, I'm curious actually. Um, I mean, do you ever wonder like why you're anxious and do you ever have people that ask you like your, your clients, like, why am I anxious and, and will it ever go away? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, because of the pandemic, I've had, I was very surprised to see many men reach out to me because I thought there, I mean, there is a stigma, especially around men having mental illness, but lots of people have slid, slid into my DMs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, they're, but they're asking me questions like, is this, they're asking me, quote unquote, is this symptom anxiety? Wow. And yeah, so it's really interesting because there's not, you know, it's it's a stigmatized thing, not as much as it had been in the past, um, but there's different symptoms to anxiety. and Everybody's different. So I'll just talk about me to start to make it easy. So my symptoms are sleeping, like when I'm not sleeping well, I have a lot of thoughts, like intrusive negative thoughts, which is actually part of OCD. Um, which most people think of as like checking and counting and washing and it is but I have a form where it's just in my mind so sometimes I mean everyone's overthought and overthink um, overthinking different things so that's what OCD is that's the type of anxiety that I have um, yeah so those are my two main symptoms and it doesn't mean that I'm walking around like this all day and I I'm not able to have a job or anything like that. Like these are very subtle things in my life that I didn't know that they were an issue or like I didn't know that I could get help for them. Um, I thought it was just, you know, part of me and part of life. But talking, so that's another thing I want to add, like definitely talking to a therapist, I think for different people is really necessary. I mean, I think everyone should talk to a therapist, you yeah. know, even if, if you're healthy, just to, to learn about yourself. Um, 
So those are kind of my symptoms, but there's varying degrees of symptoms. Like there is, when I was talking about OCD compulsions, that is the type of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think social anxiety. I have lots of friends with social anxiety and it's very subtle. Like you wouldn't even know that people have anxiety, but thinking about you know, being in crowds or talking publicly or something like that, that's type of anxiety. And again, when do these things become like we're human <laughs> versus I'm diagnosable? And from, I actually studied, I studied psychology in college, but from that is if your anxiety like, affects your daily life, then it can be diagnosable. But again, it's not that simple because I can go to work and do everything I need to do, but still be having this, like, mm. these brain thoughts over and over, right? It's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think that's interesting because um, it's interesting that you said that in terms of, like, you could be, it's almost like you're functioning, you're, you're, fun- mm-hmm. you're, you're functioning, you're, you're doing your everyday things, you're going about your day, you're going to work, you're, you know putting the kids to bed or getting the kids ready for school and going to, you know, your, your everyday things. But inside there's like a battle and it's like a battleground and that, that, you know, whole thing can, you know, raise your cortisol levels, keep your stress levels high, your hormone levels go all out of whack and it just starts affecting everything. Right. Like that would kind of spiral into making bad choices with food or, um, you know, creating an unhealthy relationship with food, um, right. And I can definitely attest to, you know, having this issue as well with, um, with food and how it can affect like the stress and the anxiety will emotional eating, right? That's, that's a, one oh, of the biggest yeah. ones, right? For me, I, I'd really struggle with that, but not only that, I think that's so, it's just interesting to, to, to see that, you know, so many people are kind of like almost suffering in silence mm-hmm. um, and kind of walking around like functioning, but in reality, they're falling apart inside and yes. it's a big problem. And I think, it's, it is complicated. And obviously as coaches and we're not therapists and we're not qualified to go, you know, super deep with things. Um, but I, I do agree that, you know, it's, it's great to, to start with therapy and I, I'm not going to shy away from sharing that I, I have a therapist and, um, I work with a counselor, she's more of a counselor, but, um, you know, I, I, started seeing a therapist many, many years ago and it opened up Pandora's box. And, and, and I don't think that I would be here right now being a coach if I hadn't done and taken that path. So, um, finding out about yourself and really discovering, you know, why you feel this, this, these certain feelings and these thoughts in your head and, um, and, and to confirm that, you know, you're not crazy. You're just, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're being affected by your surroundings and it could also be, you know, the, the imbalance of the, those hormones, the, the, the neurotransmitters that we talked about earlier, but now I'm yeah. going off on a tangent, but, um, I do think that, um, it's, it's just so important to, you know, get this awareness because people are probably afraid to even talk about it. Is that what you find? Do you find that a lot of your clients are kind of afraid to kind of share about their anxiety to even admit that they have something going on? 
Yeah, so it's definitely been interesting as I, so I'm new to this title of uh, anxiety fitness coach, but I have had, you know, I think you attract who you are sometimes as a coach, but I have when, yeah, when I was working in person, I had a a couple of people that said just point blank, like I have anxiety and I want to use fitness to get off medication. I mean, that's a whole nother topic, right? So uh, anxiety as a substitute for medication, I would say there's definitely not enough research out there. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think it helps and, um, it's, that's not used enough, but I do, you know, I've had people talk about their anxiety or because I am diagnosed with anxiety, I know what it is. So someone might be talking to me and using words that I know that it's anxiety, even if they don't, you know, yeah. and it, that's stigmatizing in itself to talk to tell somebody that they're anxious, you know, that's a, yeah. I would never, I, you know, even if someone is anxious and I'm anxious, there's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't, it can make people feel bad is my yeah, point. For sure. But you know, I loved what you were saying about food because I've definitely struggled with binge eating as a way of being anxious. And that's really interesting too, because it can also go the opposite way. You're right. Like it can go into over-exercising. And that actually happened to me. At first, I was so anxious and I was overeating to deal with it. And then I was over-exercising and overdid it so much that I broke my ankle. Awful. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really, really crazy. Yeah. But it is is a lesson, right? Because I wasn't dealing with my mental health and I was trying to put it into these other outlets, which is, you know, like society, it kind of tells you to do that. It's like, you're not happy, buy this thing. You're not happy lose 10 pounds. But what do you, like when you find out that you lose the weight and you're not happy, yeah. You know, there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, that, it's so true. Um that sucks about your ankle. That that just it's almost like a wake up call. I always feel like the body follows what the mind feels. Oh, I love like, that. What's going on in the mind, you know? And um even though it's horrible, I feel like sometimes uh, our body gives us these like wake up calls, um, in Mm -hmm. terms of like symptoms or like for me, it was IBS. Like I struggled with IBS Mm -hmm. for most of my life and, um, it got to the worst point with, um, my symptoms when I was in my corporate job, which I absolutely hated. And it was like, I was under so much stress. Uh, I was in an unhappy relationship and it was affecting my mental health and it was affecting how I was, you know, behaving on a day-to-day basis. I was always like, it was always like this roller coaster of emotions. Um, and my IBS at that time was at an all time high, like all the symptoms were really strong and heavy. And, um, it's amazing because as soon as I started, you know, like actually working on the mental health part of it, um, and not so much the food, um, Mm. you know, the nutritional aspect, because we know, okay, yeah, the nutrition needed to, you know, be, be like, I had intolerances and all these things, but, um, some of the foods that I was intolerant to at the time, I'm now absolutely fine with. And it's like, well, was it really the food intolerance or was it the anxiety and the stress and everything that I was, you know, going through at the time was affecting my gut. And um, so I do think that, you know, the body is, is kind of like showing up, you know, all these symptoms and feelings and, and, um, sensations, you know, sometimes they can manifest in the body, um, from on in the mind. 
Um, so mm -hmm. I, I find that I, I'm, I, I can geek out on the gut brain connection and love it so much. Um, but, um, what I'm curious about is, um, I, and this is something that I come across a lot with some, you know, a lot of my women clients that, um, have a lot of weight to lose. Um, they are anxious to go to the gym, like for the first time. Um, I don't know if it's something that, um, might be related to anxiety, but, um, how would you like, how would you help one of your clients if they did have these issues? Like, Oh, I don't like say they come to you and they're like, I'm too afraid to go to the gym. Like I'm, I don't want to be seen and I am embarrassed or, you know, like these anxious thoughts around that. How would you, how would you kind of respond to that and kind of help them through it? Yeah, definitely. Well, I would say it, first of all, it's totally normal. Like what you're experiencing is normal to anyone that does experience. I've experienced it. I've known lots of people who've also experienced it. Um, but when you think about it, that is the type, it's very human. And that's also a type of social anxiety. So being afraid of what other people think of you, or, you know, if you're going to be quote unquote, not know what you're doing or look stupid in front of other people, that's social anxiety. And it's totally normal. Um, and I've worked with a lot of people over this. And I think as coaches, we know this, like one of the main things you can do is give your client a plan yeah. and also like knowing how to do the exercises. But if you're on your own, like definitely just map out a plan. You know, like I'm gonna go to this machine, this machine, I'm gonna do these exercises with the dumbbells, and that way you're gonna feel more confident. You're not gonna just be in the middle of the gym, like, oh my God, I don't know what to do, I'm overwhelmed. So I think that definitely helps. And even in life, like having a plan, it's tough because with anxiety, I feel like we can over plan, <laughs> like yeah. we can stress and we want the perfect plan and whatever, but just having a slight plan. That's how I think of it for my clients. That's how I think of it for myself. And that way you're able to feel more confident. And again, like I always, I kind of believe in, and I'm not kind of, but I do believe in finding what works for you. Like some people really benefit from going with a friend, right? You'll feel yeah. less anxious. Or if you go with a trainer, they're obviously telling you what to do. So you feel less anxious that way. Um, and those are different ideas that I have off the top of my head. I don't know if you have anything to add to that in your experience. I agree in terms of like, I really like that whole having a plan thing because it's, um, I mean, I've been there even in my early journey with fitness, going to the gym and being completely clueless and not knowing what the heck to do. And so I'd walk, generally it's like you, you walk in and it's like, well, well, what do I know? what do I know how to operate the treadmill? So you just go on the treadmill or like cardio machines. And so you actually see the majority of newbies on the cardio machines um, and mm -hmm. afraid to kind of go and venture into the free weights or the squat racks and um, the, the functional fitness sections. Like they're, they're, because they don't know how, you know, how to like exercise and use those things. So having that plan, I completely agree with, you know, having, having something to follow. Um, and um, going with a friend is also great. Um, I do think that's, that's a good idea. I think these are really some, some really like simple, I, you know, simple things to kind of do. And um, I did have one client who um, she was, she almost felt like she needed to be 
to be a certain weight before she could go into the gym. And mm. I think a lot of people feel like they need to they need to look a certain way or be a certain fitness level before they actually can start. And yeah. that is to me, I think the the hardest thing to work around because it's you you don't need to look a certain way to to be there and you don't need to wait until you're the perfect weight or the a certain size or even even the perfect like fitness level you just have to start somewhere um right. it could be it could be just a 10 minute workout um i remember i used to follow um this one personal trainer um I don't remember her name and her, her business name, but she was called Amber and I used to follow her on social media. And, um, this was like, like the real beginning of my fitness journey. I wasn't a trainer yet. And, um, she used to talk a lot about how she could never, like she was very overweight and it, her, her journey started, um, where she just didn't have any motivation and she was embarrassed. She didn't want to go to the gym. And so what she started with was something so simple as put like getting her gym bag ready and putting it next to her door, not going to the gym, but just doing those things first. And then she graduated yeah. from the, the, the bag to getting in her car and driving to the gym and then driving back home. And she yes. for like a couple of weeks until like that was kind of integrated into her routine. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, it worked because then she finally got into the gym. And then once right. she got into the gym, it was almost like so much easier to just get a workout in. And, you know, the first yeah. couple of months, it was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, it was probably really crappy, but like nothing, you know, it, it was just so much better than not doing anything at all. And that's how she started. And I love that. I love yeah. that. Kind of, that it's, it's like, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to aim to go like full throttle straight away, but you do have to start somewhere and wherever you feel the most comfortable starting, just do it. Just start. Yeah. You know, I, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> no, so cool. I, it, it is so cool. And you know what you're talking about? That's amazing. And it helps not only, you know, gym anxiety, it also helps motivation. Like that's what you're talking about. And I totally agree. I've had a client who's done something, who's done something similar. And I was reading a book. I don't know if you know, The Power of Habit. And yeah. they were talking about the research of this and how there's actually been studies of taking what you're saying is like the smallest step possible, which isn't even, it's not even working out, you know, for exercise. It's just going to the gym. And yeah, I totally agree. It's kind of like using your bed in the morning. Um, you know, when I find that when I'm at my lowest point where I'm, you know, feeling like I'm in a funk or I'm depressed, um, making my bed is, you know, the, the tiniest thing, but it makes me feel so, somewhat accomplished, right? Because I've done something yeah. at least. Um, and, you know, then after making my bed, you know, you do something else and like something else and then you're building up and you're, you're, you're getting all these things done. And I think that that could be translated into fitness the same way. Like you just do one step at a time, um, yeah. and get you into the gym eventually. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're listening and you are feeling these anxious thoughts, know that it is normal. Um, 
and you can get past them. And there are different techniques that you can use um, in, and that we've shared. And I think that that would help a lot. Um, yeah. So what, um, one thing I'm also curious about is um, like, is there any specific sort of exercise that you would recommend um, to your clients and you know, whether it's cardio or strength, like is there one better than the other for anxiety or is it just different for different people? Like I'd love to know that. Yeah, definitely. So like I was saying, the research is very sparse, but I did attend a talk with someone who's written a whole book and done a lot of research on this exact topic. And he shared some pretty generic recommendations that I want to share with you. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up, but it's nothing surprising. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> is how I want to preference it. But basically he talked about the type of uh, exercise, cardio, we're mainly talking about cardio versus strength training or body weight training or weights training, as you know, and I'm sure everyone else knows, but just to put that out there. But he said there's no, in the research, there's no better or worse. And I think this comes down to like your preference. Like, do you like running? A lot of people, most, a lot of people don't, some people do, but does that make you feel better afterwards? Um, do you like lifting weights? Do you feel like a badass? Does that make you feel good after? I do want to preface this with saying, uh, I was talking to one of my clients about this. If you're not used to exercising and like you hate exercising, you might not feel, you might not feel happy either way yeah. at first, but this is more talking about like over time, if you're doing more cardio over time, you can have less anxiety. If you're doing strength over time, you can be have less anxiety. And that's, I think we both agree that you need to lift weights to kind of build muscle and, you know, do all the good things with your body and make sure you're safe from injury. But when it comes to anxiety, like say you have really severe anxiety, and I was talking to someone about this, and you can't get yourself into the gym, you can't get yourself to do a body weight workout, like go for a walk. And you know, maybe it's what we're talking about, you know, the last question, like just put your sneakers on, yeah. you know, tie up, lay, lay up your laces. But that just movement, there's this quote from Brene Brown. I don't remember it exactly, but she was talking about how we store anxiety. She's great. We store anxiety in our body. So moving, like literally moving your body releases that energy. So that's definitely something to take into account. Um, but let me just look really quick. So he was also talking about three to four times per week for the frequency is pretty good, which is, you know, generic. And then also moderate frequency. And so those are pretty generic, you know, and it depends on the person. Like just because you have anxiety, it doesn't mean you can't work out five times a week. Doesn't mean you can't work out two times a week. This is just what the research shows. And again, we need more research. Um, but it was something really interesting that he talked about. He also looked at studies for depression and this was really interesting because it came out with strength or anxiety. I mean, not strength or anxiety, strength or cardio. It's the same three to four times a week, which is the same, but it talked about 20 to 30 minute hit activity was good for people with depression. And again, I don't want to speak too thoroughly on that because I, I didn't look at the research myself. But that's really interesting to hear. And he was talking about how it lets out more endorphins and it, it's just better for people with depression. Yeah, so really interesting. I'm, I mean, I'm, 
I, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan of like a lot of hits training. I do think that it has its place, but a lot of people overdo it, especially like general, like they just general population just overdo the hits, uh, high intensity um, and burn out or get injured. But that is really interesting because um, I mean, true hit is not very long. And um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what really is hit. Right like high intensity interval training, like, um, you know, some people do 40 minutes or 45 minutes, which is generally not really, it's more like circuit training. Whereas HIT is like really, really intense, but like for a very short period of time. Um, so yeah. that's very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna kind of look into that because obviously I'm very interested with the, you know, the depression side of things. Um, but um, I remember, I used to, when I first got into fitness, I used to be obsessed with uh, home workouts, like DVD workouts. Um, they're actually, I'm sure, well, you're from America, but um, this is probably very common. They're beach body, like the Insanity yeah. workouts and mm -hmm. 90X. And um, there was one uh, famous uh, trainer called Shalene, um, Shalene Johnson, and she was like the creator of like the different types of like cardio based um kind of almost like uh, the les mills you know um body combat those kinds of wor workouts and she also did like weights and stuff but she always spoke about this um concept of a soulmate workout and it's basically finding the one thing that you absolutely adore doing and no matter what come whatever happens you it's your soulmate it's your soulmate workout and um you know you know that when, no matter what happens you can always go back to it and it will always bring you back and give you that sense of accomplishment and feelings of you know happiness and joy and it's just amazing right and for me it's yeah. all strength training for me, it's always been lifting weights. Like you give me a barbell and I'm like the happiest girl on the planet, but then you make me run and I'm going to hate you for the rest of the day. Like I, you know, and it's so interesting because everyone is different. And I think, um, sometimes as trainers, we kind of get stuck with, um, a lot of like, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. And you know, there's yes, strength training is very important. And I think that it's, it's needed, but there's many ways that you can strength train. You can use bands, you can use barbells, dumbbells, body weight. Um, you know, there's just, and, and, and obviously machines in the gym. So there are ways, but then there's also, what what makes you feel good like do you enjoy yes. do you enjoy bike riding i've just started bike riding and i'm really enjoying it and it's something yeah. it's fun and like um i think sometimes us trainers i don't know this is me but like i notice especially with social media there's a lot of like cookie cutter and like fitness is just one way you know you've got to lift yeah. a certain way and you have to strength train and lift heavy and hypertrophy and this and that and it's like well how about we just move mm, right how yeah. about we just start moving in any way shape or form and that I think is what what's missing and and what I'm trying what I like to you know kind of educate my clients on as well is yeah kind of start moving and finding what you love and what you enjoy. And it could be cardio and it could be strength or it could be walking. So simple, right? Just walking. Right. 
Yeah, that is such a great point. I totally believe the same thing. Like go and find something that you love because you're more likely to do it for long periods of time. And it's really interesting to think about. I, in my background, when I, in high school, I played sports. I was always Tom girl, Tom boy, whatever you call it. And um, like I play soccer, that's like my love and I love it, you know? So it's interesting to talk to people who have never worked out, do not have that type of background. And I have clients that kind of say like, I hate working out, you know, like they don't find it fun. So you're, gym. Yeah, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. It's understandable. Um, but finding, like you're saying, finding what you love, something that you can fall back on and enjoy. Like you, it's easier to get to the end goal of the process if you're having fun. And I yeah. think that's totally your point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think Definitely. also with this, you know, going back to kind of that point of social media, um, the fitness space on social media is very much focused on building that bodybuilding style physique or um, having that perfect butt, building the glutes mm-hmm. and like the tiny waist and, you know, sculpted muscles. While that is absolutely amazing and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, I think that it can be very intimidating for a lot of newbies and even just people that do have anxiety and they look and it's like, well, does this, is this what represents fitness? Um, mm. Is this what, what represents a healthy lifestyle? I have to look like a bodybuilder or I have to train like a bodybuilder and I have to, you know, go to the gym and do chest and tries and back and buys and like legs and, you know, and, and, and it's like almost like, you're compartmentalizing your body. And um, while it's fi- absolutely fine if you know your goal is to look like a bodybuilder or look a certain way um, or build that physique, but if your goal is to just be healthier and have better mental health and you know get off your medications, I mean, that to me is like the, the last thing you should be thinking about. And you should just be thinking about more of like actually moving your body finding what you enjoy and that could look like it you know different for everyone and it doesn't mean that it's you know just because you don't go to the gym you're not you're not living a healthy mm. lifestyle you know right right i love that. i definitely yeah i agree with that it's really interesting to think about um because you're right like there is this pressure to look a certain way i mean we know as trainers we yeah. we feel it sometimes worse than you know, people who aren't trainers because it's our job. And um, I definitely think what you're saying is important, but I also leave space. So I, I'm i sure you've experienced this too. Like people come to you because they hate themselves. And it's so hard to hear because you're holding space for them, but questioning your own self. Like, oh, oh crap, should I look at my butt this way or whatever? But I have to remember that like I started working out, well, maybe not when I was a kid, but when I was older to lose weight. Like there was definite times when I came in because I wanted to feel better or I wanted to look at my body and feel better, you know? Um, I, I lost my train of thought, but I definitely, Agreed. It is connected. I mean, that's, I think that's what you were kind of trying to, you know, get to is that it's all connected. And, you know, even at the end of the day, like, yes, we do, we might start with that intention to want to, mm-hmm. you know, get into fitness for weight loss. And I actually made a post about this recently. Um, I was kind of like saying screw fat loss um, mm-hmm. because 
it's it's like the forefront it's at the forefront of everything it's always about fat loss and granted it doesn't mean that you know fat loss is a bad thing of course but it just yeah. i think a lot of us can really benefit mental health wise um from right. a health standpoint to kind of switch that nar narrative and and think about what can we do for our mental health like why why fat loss why can't we not just work out and train right. for what's going on up here because this is what's most important right our mental health is what drives everything so you can yeah. have the, the washboard abs and you can have the perfect like physique but if you're still screwed up in your head and you're not feeling good and you're 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 getting the, all those thoughts and and um you're not happy then what is the point of that journey that you've gone through that fitness journey is is pointless well, yeah, just to tag on to that, I remember what I was going to say, you're totally right. And I think of it as that used to be fat loss or whatever it used to be, weight loss used to be my main goal, but now it is a side effect of my training. And that's exactly what you're saying is the main goal is my mental health and my physical health. And the side effect is I get to look like people like the way I look. I like the way I look. That is not my main goal. And that is, is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you get what you, you get what you want without focusing on it. Exactly. It's pretty awesome. At the end of the day, I mean, there's so many variables when it comes to fitness. There's so many um, so, uh, amazing health benefits that go beyond just weight loss, beyond building muscle. I mean, of course, um, if if that's your goal, great. That's you know, that's fine. Whatever gets you happy and joyful. But um, I think the most the, the, when it comes to those who do have anxiety, um, that, that the, the, the conversation needs to change and it needs to start being more about what could we do to help you feel better rather right. than what, 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 why do you have to just go to the gym because you feel like you have to, right? Um, I think that, that, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think with people being on social media, like say, you know, we're all on social media, like we're tracking all of our lives. Yeah. I think if all of these fitness, you know, like we're fitness people too, but you know, the bodybuilding, the booty, <laughs> the booty yeah. pick people, <laughs> not to scoff on anyone, but you know, these people are going to be on for a long time. And I think that everyone is going to come out like, Hey, my mental health, like I didn't, I started not caring about my wash, washboard abs so that I can focus on my mental health. And we've been, I've been seeing that, you know, like, I think it depends who you follow. Yeah. But there's been a little bit more of that. Like not everyone is training for a bodybuilding show 24 yeah. seven. Exactly. And I, I think that the world is, is tending that way. And just because the world is watching, the internet is watching. Yeah. So I think the truth comes out eventually. So true. And I think, I, I think more, the more people talk about it, the more it becomes easier to be all open and honest about it. And I'm not going to lie. Like I've had moments where I felt embarrassed to share that I suffer with depression and, um, I, you know, it, it, I do to suffer with anxiety and, um, I go through periods where I literally can't get out of bed and I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, on top of things. And I used to feel bad about it and I used to kind of beat myself up over it. And now I'm getting a lot better about, you know, how it, you know, when I do have those feelings and when I do struggle with those moments, I give myself grace. Like I give myself that grace and I say, you know what, it's okay. Like I don't have to be on all the time. And this yeah. whole coronavirus is kind of magnified oh my gosh. So, much, so many ways, right? It's kind of forced us to kind of slow down. And some of us, you know, me included, 
went through a period of what do I do with myself? You know, cause I'm so used to being on all the time and I'm so used mm-hmm. to having things constantly going on. And it's like, all of a sudden nothing's happening. And, um, we were, it, it was almost like I'm, I had to take, take inventory of, of my thoughts and, and start yeah. actually, um, looking at, you know, my mental health and, and cause, you know, nothing else to do. Right. When you're in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I- I love that. I love that you're saying, well, first of all, you're being vulnerable right now. So just this, this is I'm amazing. Like an open book when it comes to these things. And you know yeah. what? It took me a long time to feel comfortable um, sharing about it. And even like my struggles with my own body image as a coach. And I, I talk about it on my Instagram, how I was recently like totally all in, in the fat loss phase. And then I totally gave up and I told everybody, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not in the mental health space to do a fat loss, uh, phase. And, um, I share with, you know, my, my followers all the time, how, you know, I screw up too. And, um, it might lose me people like followers or it might lose me clients, but I don't care. Like for me, you know, we have to just remember we're all human. We're all human. Yeah. And it definitely, oh my gosh, well said. And I think it goes back to the question I forgot to answer and I was, I put it in my head to answer it. But one of the questions you asked was, does your anxiety ever go away? Or I mean, in this case, maybe does your depression ever go away? And that's really interesting. So I've talked about this. It's, there's not a known answer out there. I wonder what would happen if we type this into Google, <laughs> but, um, from what I've experienced we'd end up like on you know a very obscure part of YouTube like when you're sitting (laughs) and then you end up watching weird stuff (laughs) probably right but I mean from what I know about the answer to that question is like my own experience and my friends and I'm in a lot of you know groups like for the pure OCD so what people talk about there is some people like people think it's over or they think they've gone through something rough and it'll come back like randomly. I mean, maybe not randomly right now because of the quarantine. I think that totally makes sense, but I've come to the conclusion that this is part of me and I, I struggle with this. Is this a good way of thinking about it? You know, is my, and I do think there's great, there's so many helpful things about anxiety. Yes. It gets them in my way. Yes. It keeps me from doing stuff. It makes things harder sometimes, but it does make me a better coach. Like it makes me a better person because I have this understanding of it and it helps me treat my clients better because I'm like, okay, well they, they're probably going through anxiety too. Um, and I think you probably have that as well. So it is interesting. Yeah. But again, like some people say, don't be defined by your anxiety right? Like there's that other perspective, like don't even acknowledge that you have anxiety. I mean, of course, I don't think the answer is yes, you know, relate to your anxiety, be the anxiety warrior versus pretend you don't have anxiety at all. I think it's not either or, it's probably something in the middle. Um, And it comes with experience. I mean, maybe in 10 years, my answer will be different. (laughs) No, I love that because I, I, I do think that in where we kind of live in, I was having this conversation with a friend recently where we were talking about how we love to label ourselves and we, we really love to kind of say, well, I have this and that would be classified as identifying with 
you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whether it's depression, anxiety, or emotional eating, or anything, really, um, any type of addiction. And um, I think that it, we're, we're in that space now where there's just so much information available to us. And we have access to just ridiculous amounts of information that we are way more aware, but not necessarily, we don't necessarily know what to do. We are aware of what's wrong or our issues, but we are, we're almost like in a place where, because there's so much information out there and it could be conflicting as well. Um, and so many options of different ways that you could treat it or different ways that you can manage it. And, um, it could, I mean, that in itself could be anxiety, like being anxious about, well, what, what path do I take? You know, like, okay, so I have anxiety, but how do I fix it? Okay. Well, I could do this or I could, you know, oh my god there's like 10 different types of workouts and then there's like all these diets oh, yeah. i can do and or or there's like 20 gyms in my city like which one should i pick and like there's the i mean this is just like a very simplified example but it could be like that anxiety of overload of information and not knowing what to do so you just kind of feel stuck um yeah now i'm i'm going off on another tangent but <laughs> i kind of wanted to um kind of make a point about how we have to remember that yes we are not our thoughts and we are not our issues um but accepting that we are like it's part of who we are and not necessarily something that we need to fix but rather integrate into who we are and 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 almost like because we compartmentalize our you know lives in so many ways we need to kind of reintegrate all the parts of who we are and feel almost whole in a sense right and so that anxiety yeah. that is is who we are if we bring it in and we integrate it into who we are now we no longer feel like we are the victim does that make sense we are no longer victim to yeah. the anxiety, but we're now kind of like taking control and ownership because it's like, okay, well, this is who I am. How can I use this to my advantage? And how can I better manage it so it doesn't take over my life in a negative way? And even if it does, how can I go back? How can I, you know, rewind and bring myself back to balance? Right. I definitely, so a couple of thoughts. I love what you're saying. A couple of thoughts on this are so if someone has a broken leg if they just pretend that they're you know this is an extreme example if they just pretend that they don't have the broken leg they don't get help for it that's totally detrimental right yeah. so there has to be like what you're saying like owning some part of well this is happening to my brain um and there was something i wanted to say so i have talked i think briefly about i have something called pure ocd and I have like recurring thoughts, like intrusive thoughts, right? So there is different ways. Again, I'm not a professional, I don't have an advanced degree, but there's different ways if you do have these thoughts that you don't want to have, they're not connected to your, you know, they don't feel connected to you. First of all, see a therapist. Second of all, some people try to fight those thoughts and you're like, oh my God, those aren't my thoughts. I don't want to think negatively. I don't want to think about this. And they try to shut them out. It doesn't work. I'm sure like this is human, right? Yeah. But when you just say like, okay, I've had that thought. It's okay. Like let the thought come in. It's so, it sounds so easy, 
But if you've had like this disorder that I've had, it can be a huge process of, you know, all right, well, I've had this thought, it's really outrageous, <laughs> you know, it's repetitive, I don't want to have it, but allowing that thought to come in. And then that way, you're not like forcing yourself against something and it not working. And that's something that I was thinking about. So interesting because um, I, I feel like, again, it's that integration. It's that, it's, it's like energy emotion, right? That emotions are energy emotions. So like when you start to feel these things coming on and, and when you start to attack yourself and say, oh no, I shouldn't have it. And I shouldn't be thinking yeah. like this and I shouldn't be feeling like this. You're, you're not honoring who you are and you're not honoring your feelings and you're not showing up for yourself. It's almost like, would you, if your friend came to you and said, you know, I feel really sad. And, and would you say, oh no, like you shouldn't feel like that. It's like, it's not exactly. validating to their feelings. So why wouldn't you validate your own feelings? Of course. And you know what it works for too, because we're integrating the two things is your body, right? Like you can't fight. Some people like come to me and they tell me how much they hate their bodies, right? Which is normal and it's human, but yeah. like you're making your life harder. Like you're trying to fight your body rather than accept and like love, you know, this is hard and yeah. <laughs> it's not as simple as what I'm saying, but it can be as simple as what I'm saying. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who is struggling with anxiety um, and they do want to, you know, start their fitness journey? How would, how can you work out when you feel overwhelmed by your anxiety or stressed out by your anxiety? Um, what would you do? Like what, what would be a good tip to give that person? Yeah, well, what we've been talking about this whole time is definitely in the realm of this question, but one of the main things, and we've said it before, is just do the smallest thing you can do, like the absolute smallest. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been there where I can barely get out of bed, you know, like brushing my teeth. <laughs> That's the accomplishment of the day, yeah. you know? So I think definitely um, realize that, you know, let me just preface it this way. When I first started working out and my goal was weight loss, which is normal, right? I wanted to do things a certain way and I wanted to do them perfectly. I was like, I have to work out five days a week. I have to eat no sugar, you know, and it set myself up for failure. This doesn't just apply to people with anxiety. It's all people because we all have some sort of anxiety, um, but not thinking you have to go from zero to a hundred. And again, we've said this <laughs> throughout. And I love but that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the biggest takeaway um, to, to kind of go away and think you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to go from zero to 100. You don't need to look a certain way before you start your fitness journey. You don't need to be a certain fitness level to start. Um, it really is about just putting one foot in front of the other and just doing something and something yeah. small. It could be the tiniest thing, but, um, that action that alleviates anxiety Actionally, yes. anxiety, right? Yes, it's so it's so interesting too. I just want to say this on the flip side, like where you and I, I don't, I'm sure you've been working out for years and it's been part of your life. Like same for me, taking breaks now. Like I took a break last week, practically taking a break this week. Like I think there's this pressure that we have to keep like every single, you know, no breaks, whatever. 
know, like that's, this isn't just for three months. Like this is our lives. We cannot work out. We cannot eat perfectly. Like, and you will, we will not eat perfectly. We will not work out, you know? And I think that that's, that should be more normalized. I love that because I used to be the same. I I still do sometimes feel like I overdo it. And, and I, I'm, I'm very much like that type A where I overbook myself and I just, I'm, I'm always trying to do everything and be everywhere. And, um, and then I'm like, and then I disappear. (laughs) I disappear. (laughs) Everyone, where's Alessia gone? Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, where she disappeared for a few weeks. But, um, I think that's so important to take breaks, to know that it's okay. You don't have to be always on, you know, I, I, I sometimes get, you know, questions like, well, what happens if like I go on vacation and, or, or, you know, what, what happens if like I'm sick and it's like, well, you're sick, you just get better. Like you just, you know, yeah. off a, a break, you know, just relax and like, don't, yeah. don't think that. Um, you always need to be on 24 seven, not missing one workout and not missing anything. Like that's why I really, I really like the concept of deload weeks and, and just kind of taking time off and, and doing something else that isn't related. Like I go through phases. In fact, during this lockdown, um, I, you know, didn't have a whole lot of equipment at home and I bought a TRX and, uh, I really enjoyed the kind of shift from like lifting really heavy that iron to using my own body weight and, you know, working out outside and, and walking and, you know, just being out in the air and fresh air and doing something different. Um, yeah, yeah. it was so good for my mental health. Like it really, it was just amazing. And then when the gyms opened, I was like, yes, I'm ready. I'm going, I'm back, you know? And so, um, it's just, there's ebbs and flows, you know, in life and there's seasons and we have to uh, honor those things and honor those seasons and, um, in our, in ourselves as well. So I love that. And I love that you made that point because it's so important to, to really honor and take breaks. Um, yeah. So if there's one, I mean, I don't know, this is kind of a little off, off topic. No, no, it's on topic, but it's, um, off the schedule, but I want to know, like, if there's one thing that you can share, that's the, been the biggest thing that's helped you the most in your journey with, you know, managing and living with anxiety and your fitness, what would it be? Well, something that just comes directly to me is be nice to yourself. I'm definitely an overachiever. (laughs) I love to be productive and I come from, you know, I come from a family of immigrants and, you know, I'm Arab. So I think there's lots of pressure uh, that I put upon myself. And this is something I've heard repeatedly from my friends and my therapist is be nicer to myself. And uh, I think it applies to life and fitness and anxiety. So that is definitely something just, just be nice, be your own friend. And yeah, it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done, but it's so, uh, it's so simple yet so freeing and, and so, um, like humbling, you know, it's like, well, just be kind, you know, just be kind, be kind to yourself as you would be kind to your child or your friends and your loved ones. Why not be kind to yourself too? Right. So I love that. Well, thanks. I mean, this has been such an interesting, you know, conversation and I'm so, um, I, I just feel like it's been 
almost like a therapy session for myself actually like it's just yeah I love that I love kind of sharing um you know stories and and talking about things that are a little bit more you know not so surfacey you know more like deeper and on a deeper level and um it's been such a pleasure to have you on so Sarah where can people find you if you know they want to you know see what they can um how to work with you and and follow your your socials like share with us where where can we find you yeah, and um, well, first of all, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And I think you're obviously a great coach and we have a lot of similarities and a lot of values that we share. So that's great. Um, but people can find me mainly on Instagram, anxiety fitness coach, sounds the way it's spelled. And also on TikTok, I just started there. So you can make fun of me oh <laughs> over the there. TikTok thing is that I've <laughs> asked my followers recently if they should, if I should go on TikTok and there's been mixed answers and it's just like, I don't think it's for me to be honest. Um, but I do know that it's like the next best thing. And it's like, well, should I go? Should I not? It's like, I don't know. You know, it's, it's definitely well, not for me. <laughs> well, that's totally fine too. I mean, it might get banned yeah. in the US. It might get banned over there. So <laughs> yeah, there's like people on TikTok. They're like, oh, if it gets banned, find me on Instagram. <laughs> there's been talk of it. Yeah. Because it's banned in India. Is it so? I did not know that. Yeah. Like I just, it's very strange to me. Like the whole, I, I just don't understand it. Like I get, you know, some of the things that come out of there, but some of the things that I see are just absolutely ludicrous and, and not funny at all. <laughs> but that, maybe I need to get a sense of humor. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You got to make your own funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's for, for youngsters. But you know what? Like, there's a lot of people on there. And if, if it's there to spread more of the message of, you know, health and fitness and get more people to, you know, on board, you know, just living a healthier lifestyle, moving, and even just helping their mental health, I'm all for it. So um, awesome. And so, yeah. And do you have a website or a Facebook or it's just an Instagram and TikTok? So mainly you can find, my website hasn't dropped yet, but it will yes. either this awesome. week or next week. And you can find that on the Instagram. I'll be posting the links in the description as well. So people can just go and click them um, directly and find you there as well. Amazing. Awesome. Yay. Thank, well, you. thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I will, um, I look forward to, you know, posting this and sharing it with the world. And um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's been so fun. Yes. I hope you have an amazing day and we will chat soon. Thanks guys for joining and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.